0: This is Jeff Kohler and you're listening to the Ukra Media podcast. Hello, Ukraine Media family, Vladimir Prognivsky here, and welcome to episode number 80 of the Ukraine Media podcast, where I serve our Ukraine Media family with daily interviews from highly creative people, and today's guest is Jeff Kohler. He's an owner of MarketingVideosClub.com, but before I play my interview with Jeff, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras. From explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, they have your assets covered. Save on render time with real elements. No more simulation. Go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And now here's my conversation with Jeff Kohler. Enjoy. Jeff, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Well, it's... For me, I always go back that uh, uh, when people see
1: me with my shirt off, I actually have a, a big scar that goes from uh, the top of my chest down to about my belly button. And so, usually oh, wow. gets a lot of questions as to, you know, why I have that. But when I was um, when I was a young baby, barely born, the doctor's a little bit concerned about my heart rate and uh, ended up finding out that I had an atrial septal defect. And what that means is that I had a hole in my heart, basically, the chambers wow. weren't functioning as effectively as they could be. It wasn't life threatening necessarily, but it was uh, it was definitely something that worried the doctors. And so, when I was four, I went in for heart surgery. And I kind of tell that because I, what I think is really interesting about this experience is that there's two things that happened in my in my family life at that point. One is I got a ton of attention, and my brother, who I'm really close with, he he kind of got put on the burner. He didn't get a lot of attention <laughs> and I felt really bad about that. But it was interesting because when I look back on those experiences, the thing that um, I remember not being scared, I actually have these vivid memories of uh, being walked through the hospital and I was in my, my parents' arms and they were showing me where I was going to be uh, op- where I was actually going to be operated at. And um, I remember being a little bit scared at the very beginning, but not being scared about that moment, that, that situation. And I I think what I kind of take away from that is there are things that are outside your control. You just, you can't do anything about it. I had a hole in my heart. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything besides uh, follow the doctor's advice and, and, you know, take it one step at a time. And for 10 years after that, it kind of shaped my life where I couldn't play sports as much because um, they wanted me to be very careful and take it easy. And, um, but the thing is, You have those situations that come there's nothing you can do about it all you can do is make the best of the circumstance so what i did is i remember i had those a grape popsicle that was the shape of goofy the disney goofy and i (laughs) love that thing i don't know why it was one of the best memories that i've had so anyway that's something that's interesting about myself that's very interesting now how is your health today i'm great perfectly healthy have no problems had an echocardiogram and it shows that no signs of issues so
0: i'm happy well, I'm glad it worked out for you, man. That's crazy. What a, what a way to start in this life, right? Since yeah. a young age. My goodness. Now, <laughs> let's, let's talk about your creative field. How did you get started in, in, uh, in videography, in video, in storytelling, all those amazing things?
1: Yeah. So, my, my mom came home when I was a teenager in high school, and she decided that she was going to get into the real estate game. And our community property was really, really booming. And so, she brought this camcorder that had these Hi8 digital tapes and she's like, I can't figure out how to use this. She wasn't very tech savvy. <laughs> and my buddy and I, we were we were the geeks. We were the ones that figured out actually how to build computers. We had built four computers for my mom and for her other business that she had. She was an accountant as well. And uh, we were always tinkering with those things. And so she brought this camera. She's like, hey, teach me how to use this. And basically she never saw that camera again. We just, we took it and we we had so much fun with it just making these random videos. And I wish I could say that we made something of really good significance or some really good content, but most of the time, my buddy and I, we would have just this random idea of how we'd start a video and we would actually just film it sequentially doing these random things and uh, film it to like a song. I think I remember uh, it was like Ricky Martin, She Bangs was one of the first songs that we did too. And, of course it was. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I mean, this was back in the time too, where you couldn't actually take the files on the on the camera and get it onto a computer because- the computer just couldn't handle that kind of information. So we had to figure out how to do proxy files and how to make that work and how to digitize things. And anyway, it got kind of overly complex, but we figured out how to do some of that stuff. So that was kind of our beginning of getting into the video world. And I I kind of then, in my mind and, and how I put it, I kind of wavered in where I was going. I wasn't one of those people that then knew, okay, I'm going into video. I'm going to be this amazing videographer. I'm going to do this or that with my life. I was kind of like, well, okay, that was fun, but now what do I do? Or now I need to get, actually get a, a real job or a real, real career. Because at the time there really wasn't that much, unless you wanted to go work for a big production studio or or something like that, there really wasn't a lot of careers in that area. Not like there are today. So I kind of went back and forth, tried different things, talked to buddies of mine. My buddy that we actually did a lot of the filming with, he went off to become an engineer. And I was, you know, kind of left without my creative friend to be with me. And he kept saying, you know, <laughs> you're good with sales. You're good with people. I mean, I really like working with people. I I liked teaching. I had some different teaching jobs. And he said, why don't you go into sales and marketing? So eventually I went down the pathway. and And by the way, during that time, I made like wedding videos for my friends as they were getting married in college and kept kind of doing the video stuff, but went down my real career pathway and I went into advertising and marketing. And, uh, it was interesting because I, well, uh, we can come back to that, but I, I had some different experiences at college. Eventually I went on to try to do a real job. Basically, I went into account management. So I went out and started working for ad agencies. I was the account manager. I would go out and work with the client, find out what they needed to have happen, what goals they had for their marketing. Then I'd bring it back to our creative team and would actually try to accomplish that. But to be honest, I really didn't do much with video. And, and agencies at that time really weren't pushing video because video was too expensive for a lot of the clients. And they really, unless you're doing really big projects, it just wasn't worthwhile for them. So I kind of wandered there. Try to shorten the story. I eventually went off on my own, actually started my own mattress store. Get what? that? <laughs> yeah. How did that well, happen? And, and the reason for that is I had an opportunity come up. I wanted to start my own business. And I thought, why not? I know how to market a business. I've been telling my clients how to do it. I'm going to do it myself. So I started a mattress store. And it wasn't anything that I was necessarily passionate about. I mean, who everybody loves sleeping, right? But right. I. We, we got into that, built the business, and I ended up selling it to my brother-in-law. But what happened during that time is it gave me kind of a base. I started freelancing and I had old clients call me back and say, hey, can you come do these projects? And eventually I started my own video production company, which is now morphed into Marketing Videos Club, which is kind of, I think, hitting the needs of the modern video world, the demand for videos right now. So that's kind of my story. Wow. What, it's like the
0: most unconventional story yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm not no, very I'm yeah, I'm curious. Like those old videos that you you made with your buddy. Do you still have them? Are there somewhere on the web? Oh, I well, I don't know if I'd post them on on the web. But yeah, I still have some of those.
1: Some of them were just kind of random. Like I remember the She Bangs video that we did. We ended up losing <laughs> that one because um, it, <laughs> it was the first one we made, and we didn't know what we were doing, and so we could never get the footage to sync up correctly with the proxies. Anyway. Long story short, it was this random video of my buddy like jumping off walls or going from this. We actually had this sequential where they were we were showing him drive from one part of town to another part of town. I mean, there really wasn 't any point to it, but I would love to get that back to watch it just for sake of being like wow we were we were stupid <laughs>
0: <laughs> now i 'm curious about the mattress store Was it a very pretty successful business before you sold it you know it was it was doing pretty
1: well it, we We started in a small town. And what I loved about it is that people would come up to us and say, wow, is this a chain store? And no, it wasn't. It was our own creation. So I thought we did a really good job of branding and marketing for that. But I mean, the town was was about 30,000 people not a very big town to be able to grow and, and do that. However, it, it has been going on to, uh, I, obviously I've sold it. It's, they've been able to grow it to multiple locations. And so it, it is going on to be, be more successful. So yeah, I think it was pretty successful. Man, that's
0: pretty cool. Is is this so the stores are still around today? Yeah, they're they're still doing it. They've made some changes to it, but yeah, it's still going on. Now, if you went back in time, you know, let's say knowing what you know now, you went back in time, what would you do different? Would you go straight into video or would you I I guess like did this all of this help you where you are today? Yeah, I mean, my
1: journey has taught me a lot. In fact, I don't know if I can tell this, some of the things that have really marked me along the way was one, when I was in college, the way that the program worked at the school that I was at is they had this program for advertising and marketing, but they had to separate the group into two different sections. You were either a creative type or you were not. And so this creative type or this the creative program as they called it was almost like this elite program that oh you're a creative. Ooh wow, there's only so many spots for that. And everybody would walk in to the the program and say, "Yeah, I feel like I'm creative." And that's they're there because advertising's not necessarily just a a numbers game. Marketing in the business world can be just a numbers game, but advertising and marketing is a creative field. And so What kind of hit me hard at that point is that I was told you're not a creative and I was put into the account management side. And it was interesting because I recognize that I'm not necessarily that my personality type is not the kind that I'm off the wall. One of these creatives that, you know, can't organize a business, but instead I am a creative. I do think creatively in a logical, logical step. But when I was at college and I was told I was not creative, that hit me, that hit me harder than, and then I would, would have liked it to. I would have rather had someone say, you know, everyone's creative and everyone can be creative. And there are tons of books that talk about that. And so if I were to give advice to other videographers that are out there, I don't know if I would say going down the college route is the way to go because they try so. to pigeonhole you into a label, a circumstance, a program, something that just doesn't necessarily fit you. But if if I was starting out as a videographer right now, I would rather go out, find another good videographer that has a style that I like and shadow that person and learn from them and learn the real life experience of how they do what they do. Now, from what I've seen I've, as I've had other people shadow me, most people don't know how to do that. It really comes down to someone that's passionate, that wants to learn this and will be willing to take the time to ask the questions, to spend the time, to read between the lines of what this videographer does. If
0: you can do that, you can learn so much more than you would at, at college. No, that's well said. It seems like a lot of people that get on the show, they, they say the same thing. I'm curious to, you know, years from now, you know, like 10 years, 15 years from now, curious to see where this, you know, colleges and universities, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be so much different now than they are today. Probably going to be more virtual, more online. But there's gonna, there's, there's definitely a shifting happening, especially like in the creative field. There's so many great online resources, yeah. like you know, Marketing Videos Club and the UK Media, the School of Motion. All these different places that you can learn so much quicker and from like the best people in the field. And you can really bypass, you know, all these colleges that a lot of times by the time the books come out and everything else, it's already so outdated. You know, you're coming out with outdated content in your head, and but then, then you're you have all this this massive debt. You have to work on paying off. Yeah. And uh, which, which, because of that dad, then you have to jump into uh, some kind of job right away. Most of the time, it's not anything great. And then you're stuck in that job. <laughs> and then years later, you're still working that job. And speaking of uh, terrible experiences, let, let's transition to a uh, dark moment in your in your life. I want you to tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. So, Jeff, take it away, man. Don't hold back any punches. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, it's. Sometimes it's hard to go back and remember these things because you want to block them out. But I <laughs> I think I for you, me, man. part of part of the challenge that you face, especially at least for me, I was trying to figure things out. I was trying to figure out, okay, now I'm in this this field of I, I'm a freelancer. I'm doing my own projects. I have my own video production company. We're trying to pay the bills. I had a I had someone come approach us and say, Hey, you know, how are things going? I'm like, Yeah, they're they're good. I mean, we're still growing. We need to grow a little bit more. I was I was buying a lot of equipment, so a lot of debt was kind of coming in. And he came to me and says, Well, why don't you come over and, and do some stuff at my company? Uh, I like working with you. You're honest. You have you have some good marketing ideas. Come do some stuff. And that relationship grew, which I'm really grateful for. They were good people, they were a manufacturer, and we kept doing more and more stuff. And they eventually wanted me there almost full-time. They actually gave me a full-time offer to come come be with them. And I just couldn't go that route. The, f- the idea of a full-time job, just, I don't know if maybe your listeners can, can relate to this, but it just, it feels like putting chains on your hands sometimes. Limiting, yeah. No, definitely. And I... I didn't want to do that. And so I ended up kind of building this relationship where I was managing marketing for them. I was, I was bringing other freelancers on to help take care of their marketing needs. I was trying to work with them, struggling to try to get their companies to, to communicate better internally. Anyway, the worst moment happened when I was called in, talked to one of the the, the owners and they were going through and they said, so-and-so who hired you, not originally, who I feel like is a good friend and had a good relationship. He said that he's over in his office just mad, really, really mad. He says he's been going through the numbers and he's he's really not very happy with what's going on. And right then my heart sunk because for me, motivation for me is when I can do a good job for my clients and they come back and they say, wow, Jeff, you did some really good work. This is really great. We got these results. I mean, that's, that's the icing on the cake for me. And to hear someone is just upset, about the work you've, been, you've done is really hard. And so I sat down there and I, what frustrated me the most was I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to, to go through, Hey, I'm very open to communicate about these things. If there's questions, I'd rather, I'd like them to be discussed so that there's no question as to the integrity be, behind what we were doing. Anyway, long story short, that was the worst moment because at, and what I t- take a step back and realize is that the model of what I was doing doesn't work. And this may be a little bit of a tangent. We can go that direction if you want to, but I would sure. caution any of the listeners out there that be careful of the model that you build your company on. You know, there is there is a process that you have to go through where you become a freelancer and then you can grow, but look for a process that is repeatable and that is scalable and that doesn't rely fully on you. Because the, the model that I had going was I was the agency Everything had to run through me. I had contractors doing stuff for me, but I was tied to my desk all the time. And the results weren't great for them and they weren't great for me. And there was a lot of frustration and stress and a lot of debt that I was pulling on. Look for a model where you do a process, you do it really well and you do it over and over again. And if your clients come to you and say, hey, you do some really great work, change your model for me. Say no, say no. This is the way I do things because I can give you a better result if you follow my process. Now, that doesn't mean don't be open for feedback on how to improve your process, but you're gonna have a lot of people who come to you and say, no, 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 you're great, you're really good, but do it it my way. And they honestly don't know because this is the first time they're doing video. They're not the video professional, you are. Do
0: the process the way you know works. So, little side note there. No, that's great advice. I need to write all of this down because I've been hearing a lot of this lately from a lot of people from up top, especially... The, the whole thing is where you're not dependent 100%. A lot of branding, people brand kind of themselves in the company, and then it's hard to withdraw themselves from that branding. You know, I don't want to say any big names, but a lot of times, like, if, they, if they're if they on vacation, the company's not making any money. And so I think School of Motion did a great job, but kind of branded as School of Motion, not just Joey Corman, for example. So they're bringing all these other people, kind of outsourcing all this work. But the mistake that a lot of people f- fall into or make, and that's something that here at UK Media we're... We're kind of trying to figure out that system. Like, how can we make it right in a way to where it's not about, you know, the twins, the Sergei and Vladimir Proknevsky. It's about your media, about the community. But it's so hard to kind of, you know, because people get used to your work. People get used to your tutorials and they see your face. And then if you put somebody else, it, it may not result and have the same results. So that's kind of like the struggle that we're in. And we're trying to figure out how to solve that cookie, you know, how to scale yeah. this and how to bring other people on board. Now let's shift gears and and talk about something positive. Tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey. Well, I kind of
1: already told that because, um, and I'll tell you why, when I was in college and I had them come in and say, you're not a creative, that actually was the best moment for me. Even though during that moment I was frustrated, that piece of information has stuck with me. And it's almost like, you know what? It actually helped me recognize and really internalize for me that it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what other people say. I am creative. I have creative solutions to problems. I have creative ways to go about doing it. I have my way of doing it. I have my value that I can offer to the marketplace. And it's it's helped a lot of my clients out. So it really actually was one of the best moments for me creatively is that it, it helped me stretch past that and say, you know what? I am creative
0: in my own way. Well said. Well, Jeff, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor and we'll be right back with more questions. This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects, from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the break. Jeff, I have uh, about six questions, probably more. And the first question is, how do you overcome creative blocks? Well, that's a good question. So I was...
1: I was listening to a recent, um, it's actually on the, just, I listened to the radio as I'm driving and the advice that I didn't, I didn't know this was actually a, a job, but there's a, there's a guy that's well-known in the music industry because what he does is he comes into a band and he shakes things up. So <laughs> what they do is like, okay, so the main singer, the lead singer, okay, you're on drums. Okay. The lead guitarist. Okay. You're playing bass. And like they shift everything around and say, okay figure it out. And uh, I was like, you know what? That actually really is a very helpful thing. So when you get stumped, it's because you need to look at it from a different direction. Here's another story that goes along with this. I guess that there was this research that was done that during a period of time in London, the underground tunnel system, the, the subway system, a part of it was shut down for for like a couple, a couple days, I think. And so during that time, people that usually commuted through that section had to commute a different route and they said, they looked at the data and they said that after after people were going back to normal, after the, the things were fixed and the tunnels were back open, there was a, a significant minority of those people that had to go a different way, that they continued going the different way. And it, it's almost like they were doing it wrong all these years and they didn't realize it until something got in the way and said, wow, you couldn't do it that way anymore. Isn't that crazy? Huh.
0: That is kind of crazy. And you know, interesting talking about the the first example of the musician uh, of the band, I remember my favorite band is Coldplay. I love the band, and I remember reading about them how they detune their guitars and instruments on purpose so they can find like a different sound that they've never heard before. And it is interesting. It's kind of like if you if you get in that creative block if you're a musician for you know play an instrument or something detuning your instrument that can give you a totally different sound totally different direction and for the second example when you're talking about the subway system i grew up in kiev ukraine and i remember they would build these big buildings like soviet uh, apartment buildings and they would not put paths anywhere like they would not have paved paths anywhere the first like i want to say like 6 months or something they would just watch how people where people would walk and so people would form natural paths and so then they would just create ro- you know paths based on where people oh, walk. So based on where there's less grass, and I thought that was interesting too because a lot of older buildings in, in my country, you always see that they have like these conventional perfect paths set up for people to walk. But then you look at the grass at the lawn, and like you can tell that more people are walking through the, the grass because it's quicker, shorter to get to the, wherever they're going to the bus stop or whatever. So I think they just learned from experience that look, you got to watch where, what people do, and then. Based on what they do, you kind of do the path. But anyway, that's totally, <laughs> totally something that's different. Good but example. when you said that, yeah, it brought up, uh, it brought up some some memories. Now, how do you balance work and personal life? And the follow up to that would be, how do you unplug from everything? Yeah, that's a great question. That's, I think that's um,
1: the hardest thing that I've had to face is how to how to balance. And I I remember some <laughs> book that I was reading was saying that balance is actually a, an illusion. There's really no such thing <laughs> as balancing.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I um so my personal life is interesting and um my wife is amazing with kids and she wants to have a really large family she came from a large family and so <laughs> we want to have 11 kids and that's wow that's,
0: that's, great. that's I come lot. from a
1: family of 9 by the way so oh wow. I know what it's that's like great. to grow up in family
0: anyway back to back to you
1: <laughs> well with that comes choices that we've recognized that we have to make that I need to be much more involved with my family if we had just one kid I could spend a lot more time on work or on the hobbies that I want to do. So I've actually had to not have a lot of hobbies. My hobbies are my family. And so like last night, what we do is we have four kids right now. fifth one's on the way. And so wow, once a week, one child gets a a date night with either mom or dad.
0: And so- We do the same thing. Wow. Do you? That's same cool. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it helps so much because you get personal time throughout the week with each child. We often have two, so one week will be my wife. And Anyway, that's pretty cool. I've never heard of anybody else do that. Yeah, me neither.
1: That's really great. Last night, we went and did uh, something, my son and I, and I actually surprised him. Usually, I get to pick the activity, but we actually went down to a a place that's got VR games. And my son and I, we killed orgs for about an hour and a half, and (laughs) we loved it. It was so much fun. It was really cool.
0: That is pretty sweet. Man, that's pretty crazy that you guys do the same thing. I thought it was just my wife and her uh, brilliance because I always call my wife. She's my she's my better half. She's my my wisdom. Anyway, and that's something that solved a big problem because I always felt like I was disconnected from my kids. And she's like, listen, let's just do this. One day a week, you, you'll be with one kid and then I'll be with another kid and then we'll switch. And you know what? That totally fixed. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's, uh, it's pretty darn perfect. So that's pretty cool that you do the same thing. Wow. Yeah. Well, and you can do that with any relationship too. Uh, I think
1: taking that time to spend time with important relationships is how you're going to grow those.
0: What about like technology and stuff? Do you have a rule in the house where you totally turn off your cell phone? I mean, you have, you're have you kind of like us, you're in the same field where you're involved in technology all the time. I'm sure you're well plugged in social media. What's your advice for, for that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question because I've heard of people that have um, – things at timeout like the internet turns off at this time. Our kids are still young so we don't have too much of a problem with that. To be honest with you, I do spend a lot of time on my computer even at home. I wish that I was at a point where I could uh, you know turn things off completely when I got home but however, meal times are really important for us. So I'm not looking on my phone, I'm not looking at stuff during our, our dinner time. We don't do that as a family. We we are talking to each other. So meal times are really important. But my family understands that like uh, I'll take some extra time in the morning to be with my family, taking care of some family things. So it's, you know, rest of the world's having all their business means I'm actually having a business meeting with my family and I'm doing this. That usually means that I'm going to be spending an extra hour afterwards um, at at work or after the kids go down to bed or something like that, working on some stuff. And so my schedule is very fluid, but I, we do take time to be together as a family. And I think that's really important. And my wife and I, we communicate really well where if she's not getting the time that she needs or she feels like maybe I am getting distracted, I'm, I'm very open for listening to that. So we're very sensitive on those things.
0: Now that's awesome. Hats off to you for for uh, wanting to have such a large family. That's crazy. I don't think I've met anyone in the United States who, most people for like, I just want to have two kids and a dog. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the typical. <laughs> no, but that's pretty cool. I, uh, I come from a large family and I know a lot of families that have like 12, 13 kids. So for me, that's not unusual. I grew up, I I don't know what it's like to grow up in a family of just one and two. Like all my life I've been, you know, sharing rooms with like four other people. (laughs) (laughs) My personal opinion is if you're a parent of one child, you're really not a parent. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's too easy. You got to make it a little more hard. Well, four kids, how old is your youngest? So the youngest, he is turning two. So
1: actually for the last three kids, our kids are about two years apart. So we're having them pretty, pretty fast, pretty close, which it's interesting too, because I hear from people all the time, you know, how can you focus on your kids? That's too close. They don't get the attention that they need. And honestly, our kids, I feel do better because they play together. They work together. We're usually working as a team. And I,
0: I think it's great having just one child. I think they'd get bored. Personally, I, I have like a million questions for you, especially someone who has that many kids, because this is the area that's so new to me. I have a six year old and a three year old. And man, I have so many like screen time. How do you deal with screen time? Like that's something that I'm battling with my kids. Like I'm trying to, you know, I, I feel like screen time can kill creativity. And, uh, you know, growing up in Ukraine, for example, I made yo-yos out of Coca-Cola caps and uh, we didn't have some technology. (laughs) That's cool. We'd find pieces of paper and we'd draw roads on those pieces of paper paper, and then we'd uh, cut out cars on a separate piece of paper and like drive, like Google Street View, you know, kind of thing. And we played soccer most of the time. We didn't have technology. But now it's kind of different because kids uh, have access to to so much, uh, like, you know, Screen Time, for example, is a big one in my family. And uh, I don't want to be that guy who's like, you know, no soup for you, no technology for you. <laughs> but at the same time, like, how do you balance that? Do you have a certain amount of uh, hours per day or minutes, whatever, for each child or anything like that? Yeah, that's a good question. We We found that if we had too much
1: screen time for the kids, behavior problems went up. And Ooh. my Ooh. wife was very very able, she was really tuned in to where she could figure these things out. So what we found is if we had some time where the kids were misbehaving, not working together well, uh, talking back, TV and all screen things actually were turned off. There's a couple times where she had to actually break the habit and and they fasted from it almost where they had nothing for about a week and their behavior always went up. They always did better. And so, what I've noticed is that there's a couple of things my wife has done that I think has really helped out in this arena. Yes, they can have screen time. Yes, they can work. They can do some of those things, but they've actually asked less and less to be able to do that as they found games that they can play together. Like my kids are the age too, where they pretend and they think of the craziest things. They'll actually oh, yeah. <laughs> even watch maybe a show for a little bit, and then they'll act it out and do different things. It's really kind of fun to watch that. The other thing that she's done is my wife actually homeschools our kids. And I've really loved that because she's able to spend time with each child as they have different ways of learning. And she's introduced them to books and to activities and games. Like my son, who's three, he can't read, but... He is really good with blocks and stacks. And so instead of just having your typical, you know, Lego type blocks, we've got several different kinds that he'll put together and he'll play with. And he really loves doing that. And that's very enjoyable for him and, and stimulates his brain. So there's different ways to do that. And there's the kids enjoy it so much more than just sitting down and watching a TV show. But we do like watching movies at night. We do that as a family, We pop popcorn. We sit down and watch it. We'll We'd watch say, a show that yeah. they like. And it's a good reward for him too.
0: Man, that's awesome. I feel like after having so many kids, you should probably write a book on how to parent because in 21st <laughs> century it seems like it's it's one thing that everybody struggles with. And it's interesting that my wife came to the same conclusions with screen time that when you take the the device away from them, it's kind of like they're so glued to it all of a sudden they just you, you automatically see them just act out and just go into, it's kind of like you disrupted hypnosis that they were in. You know? yeah. And all of a sudden you, you, you just see that and you, you can tell that, wow, it's caused because of that. Interesting. And we homeschool our kids too, uh, our six-year-old. is homeschool. Although next year we're thinking about uh, he's, he might be going to a charter school. It's like a classical education school. So we're flirting with the idea, but both me yeah. and my twin brother, we're homeschooling our kids. So many similarities, Jeff. Wow. I, can, I feel That's like I cool. can talk to you about this all day long. <laughs> now for the next question, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You know, I'm
1: afraid I've got a boring answer to that question because when I was in <laughs> high school, I also did accounting and I loved it. And I I love the financial world world. So if I were, secretly, I'd want to be like a stock market guru and trade stocks, wow. I think. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> now share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success.
1: One of the things that I found that's really helped me out is with my job working in video, often I'll have long stints in front of a computer editing. And sometimes I'll have lots of editing that I have to do back to back. And so it's hard to get out and be active. I actually purchased a desk bike. And so in the mornings, yes, what I've really go. loved is I'll get up and I, I've, I've tried a couple different things, but I've noticed I can't, you can't edit, you can't really work. You can't really type emails while you're doing this because I'll stop cycling. But what I'll do is actually listen to an audio book or I'll watch some educational videos, and while I'm cycling, and it, I've really liked it. It's almost like my brain gets stimulated. I, I am also learning at the same time. The information soaks in a lot better. So I've I've really
0: liked that one. That one thing that I've implemented. Now I'm gonna have to look into. One. It sounds like a, a fun way to work. Now, where do you get your inspiration <laughs> from?
1: Most of the time, the inspiration I get is is from from books that I've been recommended, and I have uh, I have an Audible account, so I. I listen to books all the time as I'm traveling and that's kind of where
0: I I pull a lot of stuff from. So that's, that's what I enjoy. And for the last question, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life. I wanted to
1: give a shout out to James Clear. He's got a really great website, jamesclear.com and I've loved his work on habits and how to build habits. And every time I read his emails, it's always like, Oh wow. Yeah, that's a good point. And so He's just been a really good resource of how to better myself. So, yeah, I really like that. Obviously, I want to say also marketingvideosclub.com is a great place to go. go for your yeah. videos. So, um, I'm happy to explain a little bit of what that is. That's the best way to get a hold of me, too, if people are interested.
0: Yeah, please do. Please explain more what uh, marketing videos is. and Like, where did it come from? How did you arrive to this, you know, the, the course and all the other interesting stuff?
1: So we had a client of ours that came and said, hey, I want to do your marketing program. I want to I want to get clients, but they were out of our state. And so how do you service someone like that, especially when video is such a crucial part of it? So we tried a couple of different things and ended up having him pull out his cell phone, get a mic from Amazon, get a tripod from Amazon. And we told him exactly what to say on camera. And we told him what things that he needed to get shots of. And gave him some tips on how to do that. He came back from, it, he's like, I don't know if this is going to work guys. I did my best the video turned out great. He ended up getting a good chunk of money, return on an investment his first 30 days alone. And he's been with us for the last two years and the system works really well. So Marketing Videos Club is basically, we actually empower our clients to do the filming with your cell phones because cell phone cameras are phenomenal right now, better than they've ever been. And you can do a lot of filming, but often people make simple mistakes. And so we have a really quick course that people go through. And then our clients work with our video pros is what we call them. And they'll help you become better at filming video and do better at that. And it makes a lot of sense too, for the business owner to be involved with just the filming, because in 30 minutes you can film and get stuff done. And then we take care of all the rest of the heavy lifting, like the editing, the post-production, then getting that video seen and, and get it put into your marketing campaign the business owner comes in, they work for that 30 minutes and their marketing's done for the month and they're bringing in an ROI on what they're doing. So that's the genesis of a marketing videos club. And that's what we do right now. We do have some clients that say, Hey, I don't want to touch a camera. I can barely even use my own cell phone camera. And so in those cases, we've got a, a system for actually finding a local videographer for them. And so if there's some videographers listening, you know, give us a shout out because if you, in your area, if we've got some clients. We'll definitely want to work with you. And all you do is you come out and you do the filming. We tell you exactly what to film. It's really super easy. Video love working with us because they don't have to deal with the clients and the, the headaches and the changes.
0: They just come film and then give us the footage and we take care of the rest. Sounds good. Now check out the website. It's marketingvideos.com. Where is it? Well, I'm sorry. Marketingvideosclub.com, right? Yep. That's the that's website. It. And last question How can people get in touch with you? So, the
1: best way is go to marketingvideosclub.com and you know use the contact form there to reach out, or my email is jeff at marketingvideosclub dot com All right,
0: well, Jeff, listen, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeff Kohler. Make sure to check out marketingvideosclub.com. Again, it's marketingvideosclub.com. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at eighty. And make sure to check out actionvfx.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest RED cameras, from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukremedia.com slash community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Euchremedia podcast. Bye-bye.